A lot of listeners of this program are passive investors who are accredited, who are looking to diversify their own investment portfolio, either to supplement their retirement or it could be the totality of their retirement plan. But that isn't all of listeners of the show. I've talked to many of you, and there are a lot of young real estate entrepreneurs out there who are currently either getting into the space or already doing quite well in the sector. But this hasn't always been the case. When I started my career, it was not at all uncommon for me to go to a networking event where I would be the youngest person in the room by 20 years. It's a true story. Yes, it is true that it takes time to build and grow wealth through real estate, but you don't have to wait to be 45 years old to start. In fact, the earlier you get started, the more pronounced your results are going to be later down the road. Now, as you guys know, I have a mentorship program called the CFC Mentorship Program. I created the program to be a broad body of knowledge so that if you're a seasoned investor or a relatively new real estate entrepreneur, you'd get a ton of value out of the investment. And I know that there are a lot of young people out there who are considering entering the sector and are a little bit hesitant about what direction they want to go, whether they want to go back to school, get a post-undergraduate degree, they may want to go get a job for a real estate firm, or they may want to start their own real estate firm. In this episode, we're going to talk to three graduates of the CFC Mentorship Program, all of whom are currently under 30 years old, and they each have an interesting story to tell, and they all went a different direction in their career. So here are a few things that we're going to discuss. First of all, how to identify someone who you want to mentor you and how you can inspire them to help you in your career, especially build that genuine relationship so that you can get that snowball rolling as quickly as possible. This is something that really helped me when I was getting started, and it still does to this day. Also, we're going to talk about how to overcome that internal resistance, all of the negative thoughts that you have about why it's not going to work for you, and how to actually start taking action and get the results you want as quickly as possible. And we're going to talk about some of the key takeaways that each individual learned from the mentorship program and a bit about their overall experience kind of in the program and also what's kind of taken place since then. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Before the recording started for this particular interview, I told the guests, hey, listen, we're going to talk about the mentorship program, but it's really not supposed to be an advertisement. I'm sure you guys have a lot of nice things to say, which is great, and you should be honest about your experience, but more than anything, I really want to catch up with you and inspire other young entrepreneurs to take action because I know that's a major challenge with a lot of people in the sector, especially when you're young, you don't really know what direction you want to go. And I think each of these guests did a great job, but it, to be honest with you, it's just a little bit overwhelming hearing some of these stories. It's clear that a lot of the hard work that I put in has had a big impact on their lives, but I just really didn't expect it to be that significant, and I'm certainly proud of it. It's just a little embarrassing, to be honest. Um, I just wanted to mention that up front as a disclaimer, so hopefully I've built enough trust with you as a listener to know that's coming from a genuine place. Now, of course, if you're interested in learning more about the program we talk about in this episode, you can learn more at cfcmentorshipprogram.com, and we'll make that available in the show notes page. All right, thanks a lot. Hope you enjoy the episode. How's it going, everyone? Today, we have three awesome young real estate entrepreneurs that I wanted to have on the program to discuss a little bit about their background and how I got interested in the space, what they're seeing success in, what they're struggling with, and also where they want to be in the future. I think it's a really incredible time to be involved in real estate. We're seeing a massive disruption taking place in the financial sector. A lot of that's coming to the interest in the real estate sector, particularly as it relates to syndications. And it's 
been a while since I've caught up with the people on the call today. They're all friends of mine. Um, usually I do start with the bio, but today, because there's three different people on the call, I'm going to let them actually do their bio and we'll get into kind of learning about who they are, how they were able to come overcome some of their initial challenges and where they also have seen success. So I'll jump into it. So first of all, um, we've got Adam, Derek, and Ellis on the line. I'll start and just go in that order, actually. So Adam, if you want to start us out, tell us a little about your background and where you're focused on the sector. Hey, guys. This is Adam Carswell. Thank you, Hunter, for the great introduction and uh, a little bit about me. So originally from Cleveland, Ohio, went to college in the western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area. I got my master's actually in Belize, Central America which is actually a real estate area that I'm pretty interested in right now. I guess maybe we can talk about that later. Moved back to the US, worked for Sherwin-Williams, the paint company for two years, managing paint stores. And then I realized there was a bit of a ceiling there in regards to growth, but there was not much of a ceiling in the industry of real estate. So I started going down that rabbit hole in 2016, was with Remax, And then I started getting interested in commercial real estate, especially investing. And around that time, I crossed paths with Hunter digitally, and we can go into that today as much as we want, but that is kind of what brings me here. So thank you, Hunter. Yeah, that's awesome. And tell us a little about kind of what you currently do in the sector and what you find most compelling in the particular niche that you're focused on. Yep. So currently I'm focused on media marketing, investor relations, deal analysis. Those are the main areas of focus that I'm in in regards to Retail real estate, definitely workforce housing, mobile home parks, and self-storage as well, because I work with you, Hunter, as a business development manager sure. for ASIM Capital. Um, but I do have interest in other sectors as well. And you know, if we'd like to dig into that, I'm absolutely open to it. Cool. We'll definitely talk about it. And so, Ellis, let's go over to you. Tell us a little about your background, your bio, and your particular focus and whatever niches you find most compelling. Hey, Hunter. Yeah, thanks. You know, It's kind of funny to be on your podcast now because those podcasts like yours that really helped me get started into real estate. My background is in the nonprofit world, actually. We started a Christian nonprofit in San Diego about six years ago, and I've been working for that nonprofit for a long time. And it was kind of being in the nonprofit world that gave me a real desire to get into real estate because I don't know if you ever worked in a nonprofit, but nobody makes any money here. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I had to figure out a way to, hey, how do we begin to build vehicles of wealth? and create, you know, a stream of income to really support the things that we are passionate about doing. And so, you know, I went to one of those fix and flip seminars, like two hours where, you know, you sit there for two hours and then they ask you to like sell your spleen or give your spleen up to get a part of their group. And um, I didn't decide to do that, but it was like the kind of the light bulb went off of, wow, these guys can make money in real estate. There might be a chance for me as well. But I ended up, you know, really, I mean, your course, you know, I think we'll talk about that and a couple other different courses really helped me see that single family wasn't the way to go that I really wanted to start in kind of the multifamily world of things. Uh, We started with a duplex here in San Diego. My wife and I did and have done really well with that. And then went straight from a duplex actually to a 144 unit complex. And now we're closing in September actually on a 44 unit complex in Phoenix, Arizona. And have just been incredibly served by you, Hunter, this network and a lot of other mentors in this space have been really generous to kind of give me their time to get started. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing. And we'll definitely talk about a lot of that because uh, it's definitely part of why I wanted to have you guys on. But before we do that, let's jump over to Derek. So Derek, tell us a little about your story and where you work in the real estate sector and also you know, what parts of the niche you find particularly compelling. Sure. Hey guys, hey Hunter. You know, I really, for me, it goes back to a weird 
you know, maybe a, a unique time, but I really got my passion for real estate out of economics. And I got my passion for economics seeing Afghans living in a third world country running around with cell phones. So, you know, it was kind of a backwards way that I came into real estate. But once I was out of the military, I decided to uh, pursue an honors degree in business economics. And I really got into, you know, looking at how things, how variables go together. I really got into financial economics, uh, really monetary policy. And I began to see, you know, understanding business cycle theory, just how real estate could be advantageously positioned for any time of the cycle. And so from there, I realized that real estate was something that I wanted to be in personally, but I hadn't yet decided, you know, hey, maybe this is something I should do professionally and, you know, on the side to start my own side hustle. And so I'd actually, my wife was presented an opportunity where she was uh, given a grant to cover her master's degree. And the one stipulation was that we had to move back to the Houston area. And so I used that time. I just kind of made the determination that I'm going to make real estate not only you know what I'm passionate about, but my profession. And so having a background in economics, I'd never studied you know let's say real estate on a professional you know formal landscape. And so uh, having listened to your podcast as well as um, a few others, I had really started to pick up a lot of the um, you know the vernacular and you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but I really wanted to find a way to supercharge what I was doing. And so, you know, I was able to connect with you and Adam joined the uh, mentor program, but that inevitably led to me having that vernacular. So now I've actually just started a full-time position with Altus Group as a valuation analyst. And I'm working there while I pursue my MBA on a part-time basis. Man, that is just excellent to hear. And it's been a while since we caught up on that topic. So congratulations again for getting that position. It's really great. Uh, the evolution I've seen you go through you know, in the time that we've known each other is pretty remarkable. As you guys know, and as many of the listeners know, I'm in the process of writing a book about raising capital for real estate. And there's a chapter in there about how to get a mentor. And this isn't just for people that are beginners. Uh, this is for people of all levels of sophistication. I think that the more advanced you get, the more important it is. If you really want to take your experience to the next level, you actually have to have people that are killing it at the level above you or 10 levels above you. Because once you get some success and you've read a couple books and you've implemented those strategies, in order to see how to actually do that, it really does take not just intuitiveness, but a amount of momentum of people that have already done it pushing you forward. And each of you did this in such a remarkable way, not necessarily just with me, but I know with a lot of other people as well, uh, attracting talent that makes you want to and compelled to share information with you to help so that they can be a part of your story. And so that's one of the things I wanted to talk about today was the individual instances of how you and I got connected and what you did specifically that you think inspired that relationship to really motivate you and, and get a lot out of that relationship, but also if you've had similar relationships with others, how you've been able to facilitate that. Um, so Adam, you know, I wanted to, to turn it over to you to talk about kind of the first time that we got connected and how that conversation went and how that ended up, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. And just thinking about the individuals that we have on this call now too, since we all know each other pretty well, at the end of the day, like what I see the most is we're all really, really hungry. 
we're just hustlers by nature. And it's no coincidence that we're having this call right now. I know for me, for example, I didn't have anyone in my family that grew up in real estate or anything like that. You know, I had great parents and all, you know, all everything that a kid could ask for, but I definitely had to pave my own way. And I found you Hunter on <laughs> Jeff Berwick's show and our cast. And I'm like, wow, who is this guy that thinks just like me that is also very sophisticated in commercial real estate? I got to talk to him. And so ever since you were on that show, guys, if you, anyone listening wants to go check it out. That's, that's where uh, the connection first started with me and Hunter. We kept in touch and then boom, the first ever mentorship program kind of unfolded and I was able to be, be right there at the beginning. And I think just, again, the, the hunger, I, I knew that this was the direction I wanted to go with my future. I could see some of the basic things as well, which is you know creating your own schedule general hours, nine to five, weekends off, just a bunch of flexibility and freedom, especially if you get the system down to make it work. So saw that in Hunter. I was like, I want that. I want to be like that as, as soon and as fast as I can. But you know, obviously being patient at the same time. So we went through the course and then the one-on-one monthly phone calls, Hunter and all you guys, everyone, I guarantee everyone on this call utilized their one-on-one monthly phone calls because some people go through the course and they don't. And I think that is what took I know Hunter, our relationship to the next level and gave me the opportunity to kind of show you what I can do, how we can work together. And uh, I think we really haven't looked back since. Yeah, I completely agreed. So just to kind of clarify, so I did a speaking engagement on a podcast called Intercast, which is a broad spectrum of topics uh, ranging from you know anything to do with economics to flat earth theory. And I'm not exaggerating. And so when I spoke on that podcast, uh, the response was not really significant compared to what I was anticipating. It's a very popular show. But I did get some contact with Adam Carswell, and he was basically expressed interest in the space and really expressed a sense of urgency in terms of making the move. And he was already in the real estate sector, but wanted to get into commercial real estate. And so I thought about it for a while. I didn't really have anything uh, systematized to help him. But I thought, you know, I had been thinking about creating a mentorship program for quite some time. And I reached out to him and said, look, I'm thinking about doing this. Here are like the 10 topics I would want to cover. Uh, is this something that would interest you? And he was just really, really motivated. I had the same conversation with about six other people. And that was how the first mentorship program was created. I really created it based on those initial conversations. It truly did inspire me to do that. And then it's an interesting segue because Ellis, I don't know if you really know this, but um, you play an important role in kind of the continuation of the program and the continuation of me focusing efforts on kind of helping people that want to scale and grow their business. Um, Ellis, I'll let you kind of give your version and I'll tell my internal version, but um, just regarding you know our initial conversations and how we ended up starting our relationship and then ending up you know going through the mentorship program and then where you are today. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your version because my version is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember listening to your podcast. And I was like, you know, this is really helpful. And then you're, uh, you had your big conference in LA, Santa Monica, I think it was. And so I came up to the conference and I remember thinking, man, I've got to find a way to meet Hunter. You know, that's really the only reason I, I went to the conference uh, was because I was like, man, I got to, I got to find a way to, to get in front of Hunter. And I think this will be really applicable for anybody at least that's interested in that chapter. I, I shared this a lot because conferences has been a really, really great way for me to meet other mentors and people in this space. Cause like Adam said, I, I had no real estate background I, and I really had no mentors to kind of show me the ropes. And so 
I had to go find that and conferences has been a great way. So I remember coming to yours and, you know, you're busy cause you're running this conference. So I was patient and I think it was like the last night uh, that we were there and, you know, we had like a happy hour time and why not? And I kind of just, <laughs> I kind of stalked you until you were by yourself and we like, everybody was kind of leaving and you were enjoying a glass of wine. And I think I just came up to you and introduced myself and I don't know, we said something and we just kind of hit it off. And I remember, you know, we spent about 15 or 20 minutes kind of talking around that table with a glass of wine and, and then your fiance came up and uh and I think that was kind of my moment to grab me and say, Hey man, I'm interested in what you got going on. I don't know how I can be a part of what you're doing, but I wanna learn and, and that was kind of I think the foundation of our friendship. And then another funny thing, you needed twenty dollars or something. So we had to go to the ATM so I could loan you twenty bucks. I was like, Yes, I can, you know, I got her favor. <laughs> so I was like, All right, I think I'm in here. <laughs> he goes, that oh. is to so typical. The real estate investor that yeah. can't come up with twenty dollars, standard hundred Thompson. <laughs> so, you know, that's actually a really important moment for me as well. So for the listeners at home, you know, I am um, very proud of the content that we put out in the show. There's a lot of incredible free content out in the internet, and I believe that the level of depth and the conversations that we've provided on this program are, are very significant. And so while at this time I had created that program, I was hesitant to really focus my efforts on it because at the end of the day, there's just so much great content out there. you know. And I hadn't – the initial six people that went through, they were very specific individuals, so I was really confident that they would get a lot out of it. And so when I had this conversation with Ellis, it was an important moment because he was basically looking for some specific guidance. And that's something that's very challenging to get without having some sort of personal interaction because there's questions that come up that's very challenging to scale. It's really challenging to just blanket statement, give someone guidance without knowing their situation personally. And so really the key takeaway here is two things. I love that you mentioned about going to the conference. It's really, really critical. If you can get within the vicinity of people that you feel you want to be rubbing shoulders with and do that stuff where you do wait until the last minute and have that conversation after the two-day conference where everyone is exhausted and you have that opportunity – Ellis took that opportunity and it really inspired me. Like in the sense of I knew that he was going to be successful. And the question then becomes, do I want to help him? Or is this the kind of thing where I'm going to let this opportunity go and someone else is going to be that figure in his life? Now, of course, there's many people that Ellis has had similar conversations with and then he's that they have inspired him and he has inspired them, et cetera. But just it's a defining moment because that's when I was like, There's no reason I shouldn't share some of my knowledge and perhaps it'll help him. And it's been so rewarding. It's one of the reasons why I had to have this conversation is that I didn't know that I would get so much out of it in terms of seeing what you guys have accomplished so far and really being successful in the sector. Anyway, so I do appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming out to the conference, right? I mean, you didn't even live in LA, so you made that commitment and it's just awesome uh, to see the results, knowing that that's where it started. And if I can add too, Hunter, like on your end, I appreciate you saying that is that, you know, and I think now because of that, our mentorship program, we can get into this more, but I've been on, I don't know, six to seven podcasts since then. And I've had a lot of other mentors, but, you know, of course, none who has directly kind of impacted me more than you is in the real estate field. And so all six to seven of those podcasts, the guy I'm talking about is you, you know, and honestly, the resources I'm sharing with our, my investors are your resources. So in a lot of ways, you know, because of the investment you made into me, you're now getting your returns of that because 
you're getting highlighted through all of my networks and all of my investors. So I think that's just a, you know, you giving your time in, in a lot of ways is, has been a blessing back to you. Yeah. And I actually just want to jump in and say something cool here too, that I just thought of. Ellis was on Kyle Mitchell's podcast recently and the topic of his interview was, I'm pretty sure Alice, you can open up on this too. Hunter has an ebook, um, 111 questions passing investors <laughs> yeah, should be asking, right? Don't share with the world. No, I'm just kidding. You can it. <laughs> so Ellis is, uh, you know, that's, there you go. The resources. It's awesome. Yeah. I pretty much took Hunter's ebook and I made it into a guest podcast show. And, uh, uh but I did give Hunter all the credit on the podcast show, but the title <laughs> does have my name on it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay. So Derek, I want to kind of turn it over to you. Um, if you remember kind of, and again, this is, I think this is critical because each of these individuals, they did something really special. They inspired someone that they believed was a high performer in the real estate sector to take their time and share secrets with them. And that creates momentum. So Derek, I wanted to give you the opportunity to share some of our original interactions and how you were able to create that momentum and create that sense of urgency or share that sense of urgency with me and how that relationship ended up resulting for you. Yeah, sure. So it's actually, you know, small world, but the first time I had initially heard of your show and, you know, Cash Flow Connections, the podcast, was actually, I guess, the beginning of 2018, like early 18, maybe end of 17, when you appeared on Anarchast with Jeff Berwick. I was at that time very new to the real estate industry and I had essentially, you know, I, I was listening to him more from a philosophy standpoint, checking that out. And I had saw that you'd done an episode with him really getting into mobile home parks. And at that time, I was sitting there, you know, playing with a calculator just trying to see, well, if I get five mobile homes and I can do, you know, just very unsophisticated at the time. Um, I, I had heard you t- discussing that and I was like, wow, I need to go and, you know, check this guy out, see what he has to say. And I went through and I listened to, I think, all seven or eight of your episodes that were out at that point. And I knew that you were someone I wanted to consistently follow. You know, you were putting out episodes weekly. It was something I could keep up with amongst other things. And so I did. Uh, You really started to have a profound impact on me from that day moving forward. You know, at the time, I was unsure of where I was going. I ended up taking a position at Ernst & Young in San Antonio for a little while before I moved back to Houston. And I really, when I was there, when we were going through uh, about to go from San Antonio back to Houston, that's when I kind of realized, you know, I need to start taking active steps to control my own future. And at that point, I realized, I think it was before you had launched or even announced that you were going to be doing the uh, mentorship program again. But I'd emailed you essentially just kind of, I think it was actually a rather lengthy email, but giving you a little bit of a rundown on me, my history, what I was trying to accomplish. And I was really trying to impress upon you just someone like, hey, I'm someone that you would get value back by putting time into me. And so I know you had sent me one of your eBooks at that point that I was able to check out and we had kind of stayed in contact. And then it wasn't, but maybe a month, month and a half after that, that you let me know, I believe that you were going to be launching the mentor program again. And so uh, from there, we had our first call with uh, you, Adam and I, and it's really just the, the ball's been rolling since then. 
Awesome. So yeah, I mean, obviously we've mentioned the program a little bit and obviously, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. And I don't want to focus too much on the specifics of it because this is not really intended to be just a, a deep dive into how awesome it is. I know that it's an important moment for all of us. And so it's one of the reasons I want to talk about it. But once we get past it, we can kind of focus on what you guys are currently working on and what you plan on working on in the future. But I would be remiss without kind of going into that. So let's talk about kind of the mentorship program and the key takeaways and then kind of the momentum that it established. And then we'll kind of segue into where you are today. We'll start with just kind of the mentorship program itself and, you know, your most important moments. Adam, let's start with you. What were the key things that you were trying to get going in? And then what were some of the results that you found uh, during the program? Yeah, I'd say the what made the biggest impression on me, honestly, out of the entire program is the very first week, the very first module, the very first section of the program is actually not necessarily focused on commercial real estate. It's more of a philosophical, psychological, you know, who are you? Why are you here? Why are you interested in commercial real estate? What are your values? And just a really powerful way to set a roadmap for the rest of the course that as an incoming student, I wasn't expecting. And it was like the best surprise ever because that's Already, you know, those subjects are things that I could talk about for days. So, and I still have that. I still have my roadmap sitting around here somewhere. I got to find it. But when I do, I'll, I'll send it over to you guys. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. And then I would say, out of the entire experience, I think just getting familiar with the vocabulary, really, you know, and now being able to have conversations where I use words like asset class casually and. It's funny now because off the top of my head, I can't think of any other commercial real estate vocabulary words, but I know that I have them. Right. And I've been able to have these high level or sophisticated, I should say, conversations that I know what, two years ago or, or less than two years ago, I was not capable of having. So I think those were some of the key takeaways when I just took a quick glance at it. I obviously learned a lot about everything else that's in the course. It's a little bit extensive, but uh, that's a good thing too, right? I mean, the course is very dense and uh, students definitely get a lot of evergreen content out of there. So now my dream kind of came true. The reason why I took the course was to ultimately be working with you, Hunter. And here we are. Yeah, that's awesome. And congratulations for kind of going through all that. Definitely a big change from the Remax position as well. Ellis, let's circle back with you. Obviously, you had a little bit more experience going into that. And then so let's talk about kind of what you key takeaways were, and then also segueing into, you know, how are you using that or applying some of that stuff today in your business? Yeah, well, clearly, it gave me a, a podcast interview title. <laughs> but no, I think what it what it really gave me two things was one, it gave me confidence that I didn't necessarily you know, or gave me more confidence that I didn't have before, mainly in the, the realm of like underwriting and looking at deals. It can be intimidating when you're getting into this, you're seeing a lot of deal flow and everybody's, hey, 8%, 10% return, but what does that really mean? And so you gave me a lot of confidence to kind of come to the table with an operator or just even having a deal deck in front of me and knowing what I'm looking at. That was really huge confidence in raising funds for the real estate deals that I was working on and kind of a framework as Adam was referring to and how to do that. So just some really helpful stuff there. And then secondly, just, you know, I think with any mentorship, what you're also buying into is the network that that mentor has. And so, you know, you've, you've made great introductions for me, both kind of professionally and just relationally been on a couple more podcasts because of our group together. And so, you know, I knew being connected with you, that was going to open up the door to more opportunities. And that surely has done that. So 
those are probably the two biggest things. Was there another question there as well, Hunter, that you wanted me to answer? No, yeah, that's perfect. And I completely agree there. I was glad to hear that the framework has helped because, of course, raising capital is one of the key ingredients of real estate, using other people's money and creating a system around that, right? So that it's a scalable system, so it's replicatable, so you can actually track the right investors. You can have those conversations, but you can keep those conversations limited in terms of the number of minutes that are necessary to get people across the finish line, but still keep them confident, keep them educated. It's a a total worldview, right? It's a big piece of the real estate sector that should be focused on. So no, I appreciate that. And that's definitely an answer to the question. And then Derek, I know that you going in, obviously kind of another different background where you had a pretty big, significant personal investment in real estate. You wanted to learn more about that, but then also wanted to pursue real estate on the accounting side, especially originally. So walk us through, you know, your key takeaways and how it kind of segued into your career today. Sure. So I was actually medically discharged out of the army and I used my severance package as a down payment and my starting capital to buy a house. And I really, at the time, I didn't know much about real estate. I just knew that I wanted some control. And so I figured I'd buy a house and fix it up. And I really, you know, it's amazing. I've learned more from that house just through going through it as well as, you know, what not to do, what to do. But today's actually a pretty big day because we now actually have two offers on our house as of today. And it's above the asking price that we currently had. So we have a little bit of bidding war going. Yeah. Okay. So you are selling it Um, though. Yeah. You know, with us moving to Houston, we decided to go ahead and sell it, take the capital out, redeploy it soon. And it's one of those things that I did wrestle with for a long time, but sure. knowing what I know now about real estate, what you know the attributes of, let's say, a good rental property long-term would be, I think it's the better move for now. Understood. Give us, if you don't mind, just generally, you don't have to get specific, but tell us like kind of where your head is on that and like why you did end up making that decision. Sure. So, you know, really, it's a a single family home. It's in uh, Buffalo, Texas, which is where I lived. Uh, We would commute to and from while I was doing my undergrad. And looking at that house, you know, we did a lot of uh, fixtures in it that in my mind now are a little too nice for wanting to rent that house up. They would have too much upkeep uh, that I would necessarily want for renters. Also, just at the time, you know, looking at essentially building out uh, let's say cash flow analysis on that and seeing you know in the long run it, it could be a decent investment but also there was a lot of unknowns with expenses simply you know if i had to make an out of town trip with it being a single family home that could really hurt my my profit and mm-hmm. you know just one month so i i especially and then thinking about kind of the time and the cycle that we're at you know i don't expect to see uh, let's say a huge real estate crash especially thinking of real estate in kind of a sub market way but I just, at this time, I'd rather have the cash and maybe put it in something like silver or gold for the short run. Interesting. Um, But yeah, then to kind of get back to, I guess, uh, the mentor program, what I got out of that was, you know, kind of touching on what Ellis had mentioned, just the network. You know, I, I was a guy at the time who liked reading and talking about economics in my free time. And I was had a passion for real estate. And, you know, it's not the biggest mainstream thing in the financial sector. And so I realized I I didn't have in my close circle people that I could go to to really, you know, talk and really just ascertain the information that you need. And so what I realized is if I'm going to take the steps 
and I'm going to put the effort into this, I need to surround myself with people who are going to bring me up and who also, you know, not only people who are where I want to be, but people who are hungry to get to that next level. And so that, that was a really big factor in me joining the mentor program. But another thing that I really found valuable in the program was seeing how you go through uh, step-by-step and discuss how you run your business, how you create efficiencies. I think that's a, a very powerful component of it. Yeah, great to hear. And obviously, I want to learn more about what you're currently doing in the sector because I know you have that uh, position over there at the Altus Group. Tell us a little bit about kind of what you're working on today and you know where you see yourself in the industry going forward, like five years, 10 years down the road. Uh, sure. I'm actually very excited. And so where I'm at right now, I'm essentially a, like I said, a real estate valuation analyst. And I'm also pursuing the coursework for my trainee appraiser license. Also, just to clarify, with valuation, it doesn't have a debt component because when we're trying to value a property, we're looking at the unleveraged value. And so that was something, you know, even since I've, I've started here is really kind of getting into how do we properly assess a value. So, you know, what I've been doing is really going in, learning that valuation process, but I also have a roadmap where within the firm, I can work my way up from, you know, analyst, senior analyst, uh, you know, different levels of being a consultant and then to manager. But a part of the company that's outside of the company as well is uh, you can go through, you know, every state slightly different than Texas. You become a trainee appraiser after you've taken the qualified coursework and uh, submitted experience hours. You can become what's called a certified general appraiser. And so that's my really the goal for the next two years is to become a certified general appraiser. But then after that, you can take it one step further. And so what the Appraisal Institute is a organization that essentially goes through and helps aspiring appraisers to get to that next level. And they have a very similar to like a, a chartered financial analyst. They have a, a designation that is a member of the Appraisal Institute. And so that's really what my four to five year goal is, is to attain the MAI designation. And it's really a quite a powerful designation. And so for me, understanding, building up the experience of how to properly value properties while also building up my professional contacts, it's going to set me up for in the future, I'll be able to decide, do I want to continue with a bigger firm and climb into management, utilizing my MBA with corporate finance and real estate? Or at that point, if I wanted to, having the designations, I could actually step away and run my own appraisal shop. And by doing that, I see quite easily a growth model where I can take on trainee appraisers, build relationships with them and help foster that mindset, You know, find people that or essentially have the hunger similar as I did. But that would also give me the freedom and time to continue what I'm really passionate about is syndicating real estate investments. So I'm just, you know, I'm quite stoked. I, I really think I've positioned myself now where I'm on a path to have a good job, you know, as long as I essentially want to keep it. But I think I'm also opening the doors and laying the groundwork to have my own business where I could have you know, a viable business on its own, but that would also give me the free time to expand into many different sectors as I build my relationships with everyone from this group to people I'm working with. Totally. And I appreciate the level of detail there. It's 
definitely a great business to grow in as an employee, as a solopreneur, as a business owner, as a multiple hundred employee type of business. There's just a great opportunity in real estate to pursue whatever you really want to. With that in mind, you know, I'll turn it over to Ellis, who is obviously very differently positioned in the marketplace. Ellis, let's talk a little bit about your business and where you see yourself currently and also in five years and 10 years down the road. Yeah, you know, the, the best thing I've taken away from this conversation so far, I need to go back and listen to uh, all the courses, uh, even Derek mentioning some of that. I mean, it could be really helpful to do that again. But yeah, currently, what I'm really focused on, Hunter, is just growing my network of other impact minded investors. Uh, so that I can go out and do, you know, hopefully do more deals in the future. As I mentioned, we have a deal that I think probably by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be closed on. It's a multifamily project in Phoenix that I'm partnering with two other investors on. And, uh, you know, so it's a lot kind of the, what I'm doing right now is coming alongside another partner who needs some help marketing, who needs some help with investor relations. We can leverage our networks together to take down a bigger deal. So we're kind of doing a, you know, a smaller mid-sized project. I mean, 44 units is small, but it's not large either. And in the meantime, it allows me to continue to kind of build a track record grow my network. And so my website's ellishammond.com. I'm just, you know, continuing to provide value there for young investors like myself or older investors to come and uh, to get education on kind of the multifamily investing space. And so that's kind of really where I see myself really in the next year. What I'm focused on is really building a kind of an inner circle or mastermind of sort, about 20 to 30 Christian entrepreneurs, business owners who are really serious about taking their businesses to the next level and then really creating a kind of an inner circle to do more deals together. And so putting kind of the pieces or the works together on that right now and launching that in January. And so you ask about the five to 10 year plan, you know, that's a great question. I don't, I don't really have all the pieces to that yet, but I do know. And what I've learned over the last year is that, and even in doing these deals, Hunter, you know, raising money for real estate deals is a lot harder than it looks. And it takes a really strong network and people who really know, like, and trust you. And so what I'm really focused on is, is honestly just trying to build a really strong foundation and a really strong network of people that I trust and can do deals with and who want to do deals with me. And so that's kind of the the next step for me is to go and build that. And yeah, is where I'm heading. And then, I mean, of course, I'd like to do more deals. Uh, You know, we'd like to own a large portfolio of multifamily apartment complexes really over here, kind of in the, the Phoenix, kind of more Western region to where I'm located. I really like this area, a ton of growth, a ton of things happening here. People are exiting California because of just how crazy the policies are here now. And so really see some real opportunities in that area. Yeah, I appreciate your sharing. And it's an interesting time for sure, especially you mentioned California. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And I do want to transition over to Adam. So Adam, I know that you're kind of working with two companies. ASIM is one of them. You've obviously helped us a lot, especially with our social media stuff and some new initiatives. But I want to hear more about what you're doing over at Concordia and how you got connected with the principal over there and then what you're working on with them. Yeah, thanks for initiating it because I'm trying to think how do I segue into what I do at Concordia with what I'm doing with you, Hunter. And for everyone listening, really, I would not be working at Concordia Realty with Michael Flight, who has also been on the show before. If it wasn't for Hunter giving me the opportunity to come with him to Freedom Fest in 2017, which is a free, I can't remember what their slogan is. I think the world's largest gathering of free minds in 2018. So we went to Freedom Fest when the firm was Cashflow Connections at the time. 
got to meet some really cool individuals, Michael Flight and the son, Sal Flight, who I now work with, who at that conference, we built a relationship. I had Sal on my podcast because I was just like, wow, who is this incredibly smart 20-year-old that I just met? I've never met anyone like this before. And I think that's... Michael, I'm sure you're going to listen to this interview too. That might have been what kind of opened your heart to me. <laughs> and then I reached out to, to Michael last, uh, last fall. And again, Concordia, we're focused on retail, real estate, shopping centers. That's what we invest in. We can talk about this another time, but that's our focus. And so when I was trying to figure out what direction I was going to head with my life this past fall, because I, I was relocating at the time, I realized, okay, I've got what I can do with Hunter. Let me offer this to someone else. And I have to say, this is proof that Hunter is an amazing leader too, because he could have been like, no, you can't talk to that person or whatever. You can't work with them, whatever. You're, you know, he could have kind of tried to hog me to himself, but he was like, no, like go do, <laughs> do what you do, kind of fly free or whatever. And so now we have this really special relationship between both companies now, I think because of that giving factor that, that Hunter provided. And uh, to be specific about what I do with both ASMATIC Concordia, it's a little bit different, but in general, you know, similar to what Ellis just kind of talked about what he's focused on getting into media marketing, investor relations, deal analysis, you know, learning how companies like this work from, from the ground up, really. And I think that kind of answers the question there, Hunter. Yeah, definitely. And I, I want to be cautious about the time. I know that we could kind of go back and forth, especially since there's three of us, three of you and four of us total. First of all, again, guys, I just appreciate the kind words. I'm a little embarrassed that <laughs> it's been so significant, but I, I know that you're being honest. How many times I, we say your name? On I appreciate it. No, yeah, exactly. It wasn't the intention, <laughs> but I, I understand that you want to you know make it clear. I do want to give you the opportunity to talk to young potential real estate entrepreneurs or people who are considering it or people that are considering going full time. I'd like to keep it short. So like, you know, one to two minutes, a suggestion for them in terms of, you know, what you would do if you were in their position, right? So let's say someone that does have a full time job that's considering doing real estate as a side hustle or someone that's doing it as a side hustle that's trying to take it to the next level or someone that's already a young real estate entrepreneur is not seeing success as quickly as they thought they would. You know, what are your thoughts? And I'll start with Ellis. Yeah, thanks, Hunter. Uh, and that's such a great question. It's, it's a tough question, not knowing everybody's circumstance. But the the thing that I had to really answer is, and maybe the most important question for an entrepreneur, the first two is, who am I and who do I want to serve? And I think those answering those two questions first before you think about real estate is really helpful is, who are you? Who do you want to be known for and by? And then who are you out to really serve as an entrepreneur? You know, it can't just be yourself even though that's, you know, you're, you're trying to benefit yourself as well, but really where you're going to have success is trying to figure out who are the people that I'm really trying to impact. And, and if you can kind of find the synergy between that and real estate, I say, go for it. And maybe the first step after that is go find a mentor. It's going to accelerate your path a hundredfold. It's how literally I've accomplished everything up to this point in the real estate game is finding people who are ahead of me and finding a way to come alongside of them and bring value. Yeah, I appreciate you keeping it short. And that I couldn't agree more, right? And it's something that is always going to help you level up. And it's actually more important the more advanced you become. Derek, two minutes, fire round, quick piece of advice for young real estate entrepreneurs. Okay. Time value of money. That is the biggest thing is you got to think about the impact that right here now is going to have 30, 40 years in the future. I'm 29 years old now. I'll be 30 in March. 
you know, I really look back at my young 20s as a waste in a lot of regards. I would tell anyone that would listen, if you are a single working person, you should be looking into house hacking. You should be looking into saving and investing as much money as you can, learn as much as you can, listen to podcasts, listen to, you know, read books, listen to books on Audible. Don't waste your time frivolously going out all the time, you know, have life with a purpose, take action. Man. That's a great word, Derek. That's a great word. Yeah, I love it. And it's so true when you compound that, right? Like what you could have been doing because if you could just save that $5,000 when you're 21, that $5,000 when you're 21 is a lot more than $5,000 by the time you're 31, right? So and it's just a matter of compounding that, but it's not just the money. It's actually the intellectual compounding that takes place as well in terms of your network, in terms of your education, in terms of everything. So wise words. Adam, what are your thoughts real quick? Yeah, my advice to any young entrepreneur, I would say is find a tribe, as we sometimes hear said now, find a team. And whatever that group is doing, follow that strategy. Because I know when I first got into real estate, I was in residential real estate. I was a realtor. I was so happy to just be free, no more working for someone for a paycheck, etc. I don't need a team. I can do this on my own. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I think the courage of being an entrepreneur is a double-edged sword that we all need to be aware of. So my advice to young entrepreneurs, unless you know, unless you absolutely know that you are inventing the next wheel, and so you can't really find anyone to mentor you or any tribe to join, do that. Get plugged into a team, follow the strategies. And then once you've kind of earned your stripes, then you can step out and maybe put your own spin on it. Yeah, I like that as well. Hunter, if you, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, I want to add just one more thing, if that's okay. I know we're getting off here, but I would also say to that young entrepreneur, you're hearing a lot about real estate, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you must be interested, but don't rush to get into real estate. The most important and most valuable asset you have right now as a young entrepreneur is yourself. And so don't be scared to take that money and invest in yourself first, because I think that's going to have the biggest ROI than investing in a piece of real estate right now. Derek's advice was killer. I did the house hack thing, but your most valuable asset right now is yourself and don't be scared to put money into that asset. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you know, if you have $1,500 in your bank account and you're trying to think, you know, where is the best place to me to invest this $1,500 so I can get an 8% return? That isn't going to be it. No, That is not going to give you, you're not trying to get those 8%, 9%, 10% returns. What you want to get is a framework to turn that $1,500 investment into a career, right? So if that sounds like your situation, it's better to make quantum leaps than compounding interest. So just keep that in mind. Um, And I'll kind of give my two cents. I really like what Adam said. There's so much available content out there. There's so many, quote, thought leaders. There's so many books. There's so many damn educational resources, which is amazing. It's just very challenging to navigate all of it, trying to challenging to find of you don't want to be just a amalgamation of all the things you hear on the internet for a lot of reasons. If you are, it is most likely not going to work for you, especially your results are not going to be that pronounced. So what I am a huge advocate of doing is identifying a couple of key players that you feel from a gut perspective are very aligned with your worldview and go all in on them. 
you guys have listened to more than a hundred of episodes of this podcast. You've heard people who make money in hotels, in restaurants, in self storage, and mobile home parks, and retail, and office. And it doesn't matter if that hasn't been clear yet on the program. I'm just going to come out and say it. It does not matter. There's a couple of asset classes that I've picked that look favorable to me for some big picture theses, but those big picture theses are just marginally tailwinds. What really matters is identifying a team that you feel like you can trust your children with and going all in on them. Go that direction as far as that direction will take you. If you find a crossroads where you feel like they're going right and you want to go left, that's when you find someone else that has gone left and go that direction as far as you can. And I cannot tell you how far that can get you in this sector. Again, I do want to be cautious of the time, but I don't want to let you guys bounce without giving the opportunity to leave your information if you're interested in sharing. And I'll go through and, and I'll just start with Derek and we'll go Derek, Adam, and Ellis. I'm sure people are going to be interested in your story. So Derek, just tell us a little bit more about if listeners want to get in touch with you if they can and where to find out more. If you're like LinkedIn, for example. Yeah. So if you go to LinkedIn, it's just uh, it's the URL. You can customize it. So it's uh, Derek Reiner, D-E-R-R-I-C-K dot R-E-I-N-E-R. Also, feel free to shoot me an email. It's the same name spelling, uh, 9-0 at Outlook.com. Awesome. Ellis, you mentioned your website. Say it again for the URL for the show notes page. Sure. It's ellishammond.com. If you're interested in you know anything, working with me or being a part of my inner circle, just go in there and fill out a partnership form and I'll be in contact with you there. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So if you have a LinkedIn, Ellis Hammond, that's a great place. I'm sure you'll find me. Shoot me a message. Love to connect with you. And Adam. Yep. I'm going to say similar to Ellis. Go ahead and check out my website. It's carswell.io. I is in Idaho. O is in Ohio. Carswell.io. And there's, I don't even know how many different ways, five different ways you could probably contact me through going to that site. So looking forward to hearing from you. Hey guys, I really appreciate it. Really proud of you all. Incredible momentum, awesome sense of urgency, and it's really inspirational. Hopefully the listeners at home are also inspired. Thank you guys. Can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thanks, Hunter. Thanks, Hunter. All right, listeners, thanks for checking out the episode. As always, the contact information for our guest will be available in the show notes page, which is hosted on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Don't forget, if you want access to some of the free goodies that I'm talking about at the beginning of these episodes, like free ebooks, weekly investor emails, and articles about some of the most important investment-related topics, make sure that you have created an account with CFC because this stuff is automatically available. You can do this by going to cashflowconnections.com and signing up as an accredited investor. Of course, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at hunterthompson at cashflowconnections.com. Thanks again. Thanks again.